Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore, and I am happy to be here with you in the future, some point in time. I'm there in spirit. My voices. Um, we get together twice a week and release these episodes to encourage you. We we uh, gather, myself and another staff member, to chew on God's word and share what's challenging and encouraging us. And this week, we've got Sean Duncan with us. Hello, Sean. Here in your room again. Woo! In the sphere. Yeah. Yeah. There nice. you go. There's a little, little flashback. Blast from the past. I'd <laughs> <laughs> say. Um, uh, we've been doing Q&As. Mm-hmm. We like those. They seem yeah. to work. Yeah. You've been doing a great job on those. So I got another one for you. Okay. And uh, this one. But dear listener, I've only been prefaced with this question <laughs> at, with, I hope I can ask it and it's not confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I know about what Chris is about to say. Um, okay. So the question is, how can a congregant okay. be supportive of their pastor? How can they serve their pastor or be a good sheep as a part of the flock under that shepherd. Mm-hmm. Okay. How can a congregant be a good congregant yeah. to the pastor? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Good question. Okay. So by congregant, we mean someone who is a born again believer. They've, they've recognized their sin and their, their inadequacy and their inability to do anything to save themselves. So they've turned to Jesus um, trusting that his death has paid the penalty for their sins and that his resurrection is sufficient for their justification. And that through faith in Jesus, they're righteous with God. They are, um, they are kept, they're beloved, they're called and nothing can change that. So they're, they're a Christian. Um, And because of that, because they're a Christian who has placed their faith in the gospel of Jesus. They belong universally to the body of Christ, which um, means that they express that by being a part of a local body of Christ, Mm -hmm. meaning Christians are members of churches. That's what we mean by congregant. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone who congregates, um, who comes to the gathering. Yeah. Yeah. So, so a Christian who's a part of a local church um, and there are a few commands in scripture for the congregation so one, it's just like, how do you be a, generally a good congregant, right? Because that will bless your pastor. Right. Um, the The role of the pastors or, or pastor elders, depending on how you look at it through scripture, is that um, they are to shepherd the flock um, uh, by feeding them from God's word and by governing or or um, guiding the entire assembly. So like the primary roles of pastors is is the feeding of God's word um, to be doing teaching and throughout first and second Timothy teaching is to um, define, declare and defend right doctrine. Mm. And so that's the role of, of pastors. And, um, but then to, to give like governance, guiding governance to the entire organization, like just like, you know, you probably like, when you get all your kids in the car, you're like, all right, we're going to go for an hour and a half. Then we'll stop and we'll take a bathroom break. Then we'll get back on the road. And it's like, yeah, like they're all down for that. You're not really making like any of these like power moves on them. You're just giving general guidance to the direction that you're going. That's Mm -hmm. what pastors are to do for the flock as well. Um, But the flock, the congregation does have very clear responsibilities throughout um, scripture. One that comes immediately to mind is in Matthew 16 the congregation uh, has the 
responsibility and the authority of church discipline. And that's something as small as if a brother sins against you, you go and tell him his fault. If he listens to you, you've received back a brother. Yep. Um, but then if he doesn't, if he's, in other words, if he's unrepentant of their sin or she's unrepentant of their sin, oh, you, you try and you try again a few more times. They're just still like unrepentant. They won't repent of the the sin they've committed against you. Then you include a few other brothers or sisters, like two, two or three. Um, so that all of a sudden is um, congregational um, accountability. Mm-hmm. So as a congregant, I might be, I, I might have to step in with a brother or a sister who is, who is trying to at, call another brother or sister to repent of, of sin. I'm just like a support. I'm there to verify that they're talking to each other and communicating and that they're hearing one another. And then if that doesn't work, like you just, the next step that it goes to like the, the most extreme case where someone is unrepentant of their sin, um, even though it is clearly sin, the, the final step in Matthew uh, chapter six, um, excuse me, Matthew 18. What am I doing? It's Matthew 18. Listener, it's Matthew 18, 18, 18. Anyways. Embarrassing. That is embarrassing. The, the final step of the most extreme case where they're just unrepentant and will not listen to anyone. It does not say, and if they won't listen, then bring it before the pastors. Mm. It says, bring it before the church, mm. the congregants. It's the congregation's responsibility to excommunicate. There is no text in the New Testament that gives the authority of excommunication to a pastor or elder. It is always the con- like that. That is a severe, uh, a serious and severe thing, in, in hopes that they'll return in faith. Mm-hmm. But that's a congregational responsibility, which means congregants need to know the state of other congregants, mm-hmm. whether or not they understand the gospel. And yeah. whether or not they really believe it, because a Christian, someone who believes the gospel, truly believes the gospel and is a true Christian, they repent. Mm-hmm. But if you're like wishy-washy, like if you just if you're a congregant and all the people around you are just like, oh yeah, these must be congregants too, and you just assume their faith, well then you're going to be surprised when they're not repenting of sin. Um, so as a Sunday morning UFCer, you sit around people. And you should, over time, have a sense of where they are at with their understanding with the gospel and whether or not they are, they show evidence of true faith. Mm. Because it's not our responsibility to um, hold people uh, to that type of accountability who aren't regenerate believers. Uh, in that case, we share the gospel with them and ask them to repent of their sin of disbelief. Right. So, that's a, so it's a different responsibility there. So that's one responsibility of being a good congregant. Very good. Um, another responsibility of being a good congregant is uh, in First Corinthians twelve, and I'm definitely right on this. <laughs> this one in First Corinthians twelve, he's using the metaphor of a body, mm-hmm. and he says, uh, "Just as one body, like your human body, has many members. Like you have fingers, you have toes, you have arms, legs, eyes, ears, but it, each member is a part of the one body. Like your your eyes need your feet." Otherwise, your eyes aren't going to see much, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just the walls that you're stationed in front of. <laughs> um, so just as there, as one body has many members, so also you each are members of the body of Christ, mm-hmm. meaning you are dependent on others and others are dependent on you and you belong to others. Mm. So you have the responsibility and the obligation to be present. Yeah. That's not too hard 
It's not too hard. <laughs> it is hard though. Yeah. It's hard. And by present, um, we mean consistently present. Um, as a congregant, you have a responsibility to yourself and to others to uphold uh, your obligation in Christ by gathering regularly together with the saints. And Sean, yes, does that just mean being a warm body in a chair? Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, if I had a soapbox to stand on, sometimes it, it can feel like everybody needs to have some sort of um, skill that they are contributing to the gathered assembly. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case at all. Let me give you one example. In uh, Genesis chapter two, God makes trees. Some of them make fruit for eating. Mm -hmm. Some of them are beautiful to look at. I sure hope I can make fruit. (laughs) Meaning some some trees that God makes, like they have this tangible purpose. Mm -hmm. Other trees are just there. Yeah. Part of being the body, and even in the illustration, like you have parts in your body that like, you're like, what does this do? You have pinky toes. That's true. They literally do nothing for you. Nothing for you. They're folding up on top of your other toes. They don't help with balance. Uh, if you lost your pinky toes, you'd still be able to walk totally fine. Okay. So they, they don't really contribute anything besides maybe aesthetics. And yet, if you stub your pinky toe, you know what doesn't happen? It's not like your pinky toe is like, Wah! and the rest of you is like, ah, poor little thing. It's mm-hmm. purposeless anyways. No, all of a sudden, you your whole body keels over. Uh, you you mutter explicits under your breath. <laughs> You like you, pin, you start pinching your arms and your whole body is in pain mm-hmm. because of this thing that seems like it has no purpose. Mm-hmm. Christian, you have a purpose because you are alive and a part of the body of Christ. You don't have to be like doing some thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, a huge gift to the church is the gift of presence, mm. being present. So, on one hand, yeah, being a warm body in a seat is a huge blessing. Getting to sit next to other people during the Sunday service is a huge blessing. As if you want to, you know, you want to love your your pastor, the one who's like slaving over the word and trying to to preach faithfully God's word to people. Listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> Just listen to him. Like, oh man, <laughs> have you ever talked to someone and they don't listen to you? Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Mm-hmm. You want to love someone well? listen attentively and when you make eye contact with them during the sermon smile unless it's an awkward moment you know where, yeah. he's, where he's really <laughs> calling something like it's yeah. just like that really helps and it mm-hmm. mean it means a lot as someone who's preaching it's like it really means a lot if i can look out and i it seems like they're listening to me even if you're not yeah trick me you know <laughs> make me think you are that that really means a lot so yeah be a warm body okay so being a good congregant um you have a responsibility of the congregation to mm-hmm. to know where people are at. Uh, being a good congregant, being present. You belong to others and others belong to you, so be present. Uh, in Hebrews, it says, do not neglect the the regular gathering of with one another. So right there. Um, when it comes to communion, it is the responsibility of the congregation to guard and protect communion. If you bring a friend to church and they're a non-believer and you know that and the cup is passing by, it's your responsibility to mm. guard the cup because you're the one serving them. So if they take that out and they're about to do it, you you just say gently, oh, friend, this is just for people who know and believe the gospel. Just let this pass. It wouldn't be appropriate for you. Yeah. So that's your responsibility, not the pastor's. Mm-hmm. It's your responsibility as a congreg- congregant. 
Um, so those are those are three simple things. Yeah, um, and all of those like huge blessing to the pastor because the, you know it's surprising how much uh, maybe maybe it's not surprising, but pastors worry about people's sin and whether or not they're repenting. People pastors worry about whether where people are and if they're uh, listening attentively to mm-hmm. God's word, and pastors really um, care about communion. Like they're like really protective over that. Yeah, but they're not the ones who can be guarding the hands. It's it's your responsibility. But then there is uh, like directives in First Peter five and in I think it's Hebrews thirteen. Um, there is instructions to uh, submit to your leaders and, and also to obey your leaders. Now, of course, never in things in matters of sin. Right. Only in matters of righteousness, as as they they lead you and guide you. Um, do so joyfully, um, humbly. They're they're going to give an account for your soul on the day of judgment, mm-hmm. um, and in your um, following of their leadership in both submission and obedience. Uh, it blesses them, but it also blesses you. So it's a mutual blessing. Now you shouldn't be like, well, what if my, my leaders suck? Mm-hmm. Oh, why are you at that church? <laughs> that, uh, again, the, the way um, leaders come to, to the office, well, the elders lay their hands on them, but it's the congregation that brings them forward. And like says like that, this one person is 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 suitable. Um, there's also qualifications in scripture for what a leader should be. So if if you're like, ah, oh, well, why would I why would I submit to or obey this leader? Like they suck. Well, if you by sucking you mean they don't meet those qualifications, why are you why are you attending a congregation like that? Like mm-hmm. you should you you have the responsibility um to you have the responsibility to uphold biblical standards. And the congregation has a lot of authority in that by not following um, leaders who are unqualified. Mm-hmm. So that's another responsibility that you have. So um, in your your joyful obedience and submission um, towards what is righteous from your leaders, that's actually your affirmation on their leadership. Yeah. And anytime you are not doing the things that, that what they're how they're they're guiding and, and leading you're actually giving um, your disapproval of their leadership. So then the question is, well, are they biblically qualified or are they not? Are they leading into sin or are they leading into righteousness? But if they're qualified and leading in righteousness, then it's on you all of a sudden. Uh-oh. So, yeah. Yeah. So you want to be a good congregant that really blesses your your pastor. Be present often mm-hmm. and love the other sheep well. Yeah. And that will be a huge blessing to your pastor. And like, I, I bet any pastor would be like, wow, these people are incredible. Like you don't have to do anything specific for your pastor. At least in my opinion, you don't yeah. have to be like, Hey pastor, like let me feed you or let me like do something. I don't know. Along those lines, like yeah. let me like take you out to dinner. It's yeah. just like be an awesome Christian mm-hmm. who, who is so compelled by the gospel that he just loves the sheep around him and wants to know whether or not they're sheep or goats. Mm-hmm. Like out of love and, and be present all the time. Uh, there are people who just come to mind, my mind who are always there. Yeah. And not always doing something, just always there. And it's just so encouraging to me. Mm-hmm. Those are usually the people who like on, in the late night of discouragement, it's those people who come to mind. So, yeah. Yeah. So true. Well, listener, hopefully that is encouraging to you as you consider what your uh, blessing and responsibility looks like as a part of the larger body of Christ with people that God has placed over you through pastoral ministry and uh, might give you an opportunity to 
to uh, love your pastor well in some pretty straightforward ways. Yeah. So, all right, listener, thank you for coming along with us. We will get you on the next episode. Bye. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week. So please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. 